Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, my friend, and welcome to the entertainment catch-up for Catch-Up with Louise Makshari. I'm Louise Makshari, obviously. Um, I hope your week is going well. If not, don't worry about it. They can't all be good, as I say, on a regular basis. I'm having a pretty good week. It's been pretty hectic so far. It's interesting um, settling into this new schedule because the front of the week, front of the week? Yes, that's right. There's a front and a back to the week. The front of the week is pretty intense. And then the the back of the week is kind of less intense, which is nice. Um, but I'm not used to it yet. So I'm kind of frantically, I feel like a dog running around chasing its tail uh, most of the time. But that's okay. We're all learning and adjusting. <laughs> um, I would like to say thank you so much to everyone who has signed up for the Patreon over the last few weeks. It's it's just so gratifying. Like it Honestly, it feels like a thank you. When, when I see that someone signed up, it means so much to me. I so appreciate it and it makes my life easier. Like my ultimate goal for this podcast would be that it could be the only thing that I do. Um, that may be overly ambitious, <laughs> but at the moment I have so many different pots on to boil um, and I would love to be able to just take a few of them off. Um, and every time that one of you signs up, that makes it feel like a, it's more possible or like maybe someday I could actually just focus on the podcast and improve the quality and book better guests and expand the time that I spend on it. So um, sincere, sincere thank you to everyone who has done that it really means a lot to me it feels like a vote of confidence and I really appreciate it because I'm spending just so much time on it and I love it and um, but I'd love to spend even more so um if you want to join you can patreon.com forward slash catch up with Louise McSharry the link is in the show notes and uh, not much news since I spoke to you because I'm recording it's Tuesday evening I only spoke to you yesterday and um, so not much has changed since then I fit well I will say one thing that's changed I finished one day good god now, can I just say, I had read the book, I'd seen the film, I knew it ended in tragedy. I don't think that's a spoiler because people all over the internet are talking about it and posting about it or whatever. Um, is that a spoiler? Maybe I'll have to take that out. Yeah, I'll do a little bleep. Anyway, I knew that it would make me cry. 
or I knew that it was making people cry. But I cockily thought that it wouldn't make me cry because I know what's going to happen and I've seen the movie and I've read the book. Well, I was absolutely wrong. I was devastated, cried throughout the entire last episode and like couldn't shake it. Like it's actually stayed with me. Um, the good news is myself and Emer McLeisett are recording a Patreon episode about it as part of the monthly culture episode for... Um, the Patreon tomorrow. So uh, that'll be going up live tomorrow as well. Um, Actually, tomorrow, Wednesday. So you'll get, if you're with the Patreon, you'll actually get two episodes tomorrow. You'll get the entertainment episode and you'll get myself and Emer chatting about one day. And the way it would just cut into you and injure your heart. Um, if you haven't seen it, I do recommend it. Um, obviously, I'll go into it more in depth tomorrow on the Patreon. But um, it is good. I really enjoyed it. I particularly like the two lead performances. I think it's a bit slow in the middle, but um, it's well worth it. And it was such a nice, such a nice thing to have for the last um, few days. So yeah, I've just been focused on that really, but I will get back to consuming other culture over the course of the next few days. In the meantime, though, I hope you enjoy this. It is your catch up on the entertainment news. We talk about the saga words. We are really in award season. What Barbara Streisand was getting up to at the Saga Awards, which I think is frankly iconic. We talk about the extreme fans of Taylor Swift, whose behavior is fully crossing over into unacceptable territory, in my view. You'll hear my thoughts on that. And also, we talk about the Eurovision and the um, continued conflict that's happening with regard to Israel's involvement there. And um, there is a little bit of an update. So lots to talk about. I hope you enjoy. James O'Hagan, what a pleasure it is always to have you on the podcast um, and uh, especially to have you now in your own standalone episode. How does it feel? I, I mean, now I've got performance anxiety, Louise. I'm like, <laughs> I have I have brought it to you every episode, but now here I am and I'm the star and I don't know if I'm going to be able to live up to expectations. <laughs> I absolutely have never believed in anyone more than I believe in you in the context of this. Okay, okay, good, good. More more pressure, that's what I need. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I will say uh, Esther accidentally said Holly Willabilly last week and that was, you know, that's kind of a high standard she set there, so... I, I did. I heard that. I heard. I heard Holly Willy B, and I thought, "Wow, am I going to be able to have my viral moment?" I don't, like we'll those have people to out on the on the red carpets. Will I get it? <laughs> <laughs> well, we have loads to talk about. Um, so we are still in the thick of award season. So many awards, kind of struggling to care. I'll be honest at this point, but I still mm-hmm. think it's worth acknowledging that the SAG Awards took place over the course of the last week. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, you, you're absolutely right, though. I think that at this point we are kind of getting to award season burnout. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what award show it was we were on when when I got in when I was on with you the last time. But there's been a lot between now and then. Um, and these are kind of I think these are kind of the last ones before we get to the Oscars or mm-hmm. more or less. So kind of we can we can give them a moment to, to shine. Uh, so yeah, they happened last Saturday in in the the Shrine Auditorium and Expo Hall in Los Angeles, and award recipients were more or less as. Expected. SAG Awards are interesting because obviously they are the performers themselves giving each other their awards mm. and it also is that mix of TV and movies but all which always feels I don't know like it, it always feels like sort of a fun kind of mix up when you see your movie stars next to your your, your yeah. TV stars uh, so no real surprises I suppose well actually there was one or two big surprises but uh, in terms of the movies uh, Oppenheimer obviously absolutely dominated it showed us that our like brief dream last year that Barbie might be the sort of 
surprise hit at the Oscar at the award season really hasn't paid off. But we saw Killian Murphy and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, come out with uh, with with acting nods for that. Downey Am Jr. I gonna have to watch this movie, James? Is that like is that where we're headed? I'm now. I think that advice was given uh, from 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 another contributor to this podcast about just pretending. Yeah, uh, someone just pretended they liked the holdover. I'm just going to pretend it's an Oppenheimer. <laughs> well, I feel so bad because um, Ross, who is the director of the IFI, I've done a few bits with the IFI recently, which has been mm-hmm. amazing, and it's been very cool getting to know Ross. He is so lovely, and he heard me saying that I hadn't seen it, and so he invited me because they're screening it again in like 35 millimeter, the whole thing, and he invited okay. me in, and I actually genuinely couldn't do the dates that it's on. But I felt, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like I just, I, I'm going to have to suck it up. And I, I feel like it's my job. I feel like I have to watch it. Yeah. And I, I don't know if it's, if, if, if there's something sort of between Killian Murphy and us that we, we, we claim him a little bit less than maybe we do other Irish <laughs> actors. I'm not quite sure what it is. It's like, because if you think about the excitement around, say, Paul Meskel and Andrew Scott, or the excitement last year around, um, around I was going to say Carl Lagerfeld, but that's not who I mean at all. Colin Farrell. <laughs> 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 and, and 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 Brendan Gleeson, there was a real sense of like, do it for the boys. All get out and see your banshee, the Vinishier, and everyone yeah. out to see uh, all of us strangers. Whereas there, that hasn't quite translated as much. This one, I, I think maybe it is one that we will just have to begrudgingly accept. Yeah. Okay, sometimes boys make nice movies <laughs> well I think with Killian it's partially that he's been doing this for so long like he's been operating yeah. at a really high Hollywood level for years and years now that I think we're almost like we kind of take him for granted I could see that yeah yeah but it's also because he never crosses over into like Bono threshold like no. he never crosses that sort of insufferable threshold he always sort of remains very true to himself and I mean you and know, he's pretty low-key like he still lives here yeah. or I know he was in, I think he was in London for a while but he's back here now and he just doesn't he's not really interested in you know intentionally yeah. being a meme or any no, of that he's stuff. not very often he, He's not very ostentatious, mm. so maybe that's maybe that's what it is. It's like you know what, Killian, actually step aside. We're going to revel in you even less than we are Iowa Debris, our adopted sister, <laughs> our beloved <laughs> Iowa Debris. I loved the photographs of herself, um, and I'm going to get all these names wrong. There's a photo of herself, Andrew Scott, Paul Maskell, and is it Daisy Poots, the or Imogen Poots? Am I making this up? The Irish actor from Saltburn, um, who plays. Valencia or Valencia or whatever. Um, hang on. Alison Oliver is her name. Oh, Nothing yes. like any of the names no that I said there. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's the Irish crew at the awards. Um, I love it. Yeah. Um, I actually, at the, at the awards, it was nice to see a couple of uh, reunions as well. We got a, an iconic um devil wears prada reunion mm-hmm. from meryl streep emily blunt and anne hathaway which i i really just enjoyed watching they played with the the, the some of the iconic lines from the movie also was pointed out to me that what color was anne hathaway's gown what co- cerulean it was cerulean was it i didn't even see this amazing <laughs> um and i mean emily blunt looked fabulous in the beautiful red dress they made a they made a play on the sort of the scene where the two of them were there with the the diplomats it was really fun to see that like them actually bringing that to life there as well and meryl streep seemed well up for it too um she's always gorgeous and glamorous and was indeed wearing prada so mm. you know and <laughs> um, my favorite story from the saga words was uh, to do with barbara streisand um who just continues mm-hmm. to be a living legend 
Absolutely. So uh, Barbara Streisand was um, was was honoured with a sort of a lifetime achievement award made a quip about how she this was her favourite award because it was one you knew you were going to win ahead of time. It was given to her by Jennifer Aniston and Bradley Cooper. Jennifer said Barbara did not just pave the way for us women. She bulldozed it. Mm. And indeed, she likes to know that she's in the right lighting whenever photos are being taken. So apparently... According to sources that Who Weekly have, uh, there was an individual hired to stand beside her with a flashlight to shine it directly at anyone with a camera so as nobody would be able to get a picture of her on their smartphone. Just iconic. I love it. This is iconic Barbara behaviour. <laughs> I also loved um, someone, some fashion obsessive or fashion enthusiast figured out that what she was wearing, um, she was wearing kind of like a jackety, kind of, almost like a blouse over a gold yeah. sequined outfit. And they did the detective work and went back and found that she had worn all of the items to various award shows previously. So they were like, we love this, that she just basically went to her wardrobe and pulled out what she felt like wearing on the night, like rather than working with a designer and having a big fancy look. Very very Gokwan capsule wardrobe we love it very sustainability <laughs> hashtag and fast Sustainab- fashion sustainability sustainability queen yes. Barbara Streisand did not see that coming but like here we are for it uh, biggest surprise on the night though I think had to have been Pedro Pascal winning over and above Killian or Kieran Culkin yeah. uh, for succession um, and arriving up on stage absolutely tanked more or less saying <laughs> I had no expectation of winning this award at all but here I am this is uh, this is this is wrong for a number of reasons. Um, I'm a little drunk. Uh, I thought I could get drunk. And uh, uh, thank you, HBO. Um, and then himself and Kieran Culkin got sort of a little bit hot and heavy backstage with hugs and talking about sniffing of armpits. It was all very strange and also very. Uh, internet sensation Pedro Pascal kind of that personality he's given us of like the mean king well this is it so he's like the anti-Killian Murphy like he's given it he's serving it he's giving it to us all the time whereas Killian's like I just come and do the work you know <laughs> that's it I just turn up I turn up and get paid and that's, that's all it. I want that's <laughs> okay well the Oscars are coming and I actually saw this morning that they've announced that the hosts am I making this up the hosts are going to be Al Pacino and Michelle Pfeiffer like I read that I did not see that. I, uh, but I, I mean, did read that. That would be. I should have Googled it before be, I got here. Um, but I'm pretty sure that that was announced. I, I can't see it here, but I think that that would be absolutely amazing if it was. Because I do think that, you know, they've gone down the road. Oh, present, of... sorry, present at the Oscars, not present okay. the Oscars. <laughs> so they will be there together, but not like in charge. Well, listen, I think that they should put them in charge because I am kind of like, I think it was good. So Idris Elba was the host at the SAG Awards. And it's nice to see when I think they step away from bringing this sort of comedians in to host in some ways, because it's good. I suppose the comedians are always trying to bring attention to themselves where you get a host who is like one of the actors themselves. So they're kind of maybe a bit more sporting and allowing other people shine. He did a great job, made a funny joke about not saying anything that you wouldn't say in front of Oprah. Mm. Um, And judging by the fact that she's maybe not necessarily the Internet's favorite person in the world, I'm not sure that that's the same thing to invite people to do (laughs) yeah I also thought that um did you see any of the clips of the independent spirit awards were also on this week which is like an indie awards show Um, and A.D. Bryant uh formerly of SNL still of SNL formerly of SNL I think um was the host and all the clips I saw were brilliant like really brilliant I'll actually I'll put one in here but since this is my first time hosting an award show 
I did want to try some of the classics, you know, like roasting some of the celebrities in the crowd. Uh-oh, you getting scared? I know who's first, who's first. Oh, let's see, from May, December, Natalie Portman is here. Hey, Natalie, you stupid bitch. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I know, I think I'm supposed to try and make it clever. She just, you know, really had it. And again, like, was kind of on a par with everybody else. Kind of had mm-hmm. the room to, like, play and stuff. I just think, yeah, they need to really think about who they're bringing in to do these things. Yeah, they do, more carefully. Because I think we saw it really, really flop hard a couple of weeks ago. And I can't even remember the name of that comedian who came in to yeah. host one of the awards. Where it's it just was, like, a, a, yeah, a misogynistic nightmare. Yeah. Um, and then you, you think back to like, I suppose the iconic hosting of like Amy Poehler and Tina Fey a couple of years ago, I think it was the, the Golden Globes. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is how you do it. I mean, basically it's it's get a woman to do the job, yeah. you know? Yeah, I mean, I agree. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> let's talk about Taylor Swift because not a week can go by where we can skip Taylor Swift at this point. But she was back on the road in Australia. She did gigs around Australia and um, there it has reignited a conversation about concert etiquette because of some clips that have gone viral. I mean, this is one of those examples of it. Like over the course of the pandemic, I think everyone was like saying, we need to feel more, feel your feelings, share with people. This is where it's gone too far. People mm-hmm. need to start feeling less. <laughs> <laughs> so there were there were two particular clips that came out of this. Uh, one which was filmed from outside of the, uh, the, the Melbourne cricket ground uh, it, where she was she was performing at one or two dates uh, where uh, some fans who obviously hadn't been successful in getting tickets were sitting outside listening to the concert from afar and she began singing the song Guilty uh, to which one of the, the girls who had obviously set up the camera to capture this moment just descended into fits of tears wailing crying Her friends were just both looking on incredibly bemused about the the way in which this song had obviously touched something within her that they were not expecting. I mean, one of the friends is visibly trying not to laugh, which I respect because her behavior is, is, I mean, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't like offensive to use, but her behavior is extreme. Extreme. Extremely it is extreme. Bizarre. And yeah. um, I actually did some digging on this and she had already been to the gig, I think. Um, but either, I'm not sure on, you know, Taylor does a secret song in every set where it's like a surprise. You don't know what she's going to play. Okay. So I'm not sure if this was a song that she didn't play in the previous ones, but like she had already been to the gig and then she apparently went and sat for several nights outside stadiums to listen to the gig on other occasions. Like, it's too much. It's just too, it's too much, guys. Like, I just, I really need everyone to just calm down. It really is too much. And like, you don't, like, you do, you never want to yuck anyone's yum. But no. like, honestly, like, you do not have this many evenings in your night, to, in your life to sit outside of a Taylor Swift concert listening if you've already been to see it. And it just is, I, I think that it's, a, it's kind of, it is. And one of the accusations I think that has come out in this entire conversation about the the sort of the, the development of like a gig etiquette with maybe some of our, our younger, younger people is a self-centeredness, a feeling that your experience is the only experience that matters and it yeah. doesn't matter 
how it impacts those around you. So the other video that that went uh, that, that went pretty viral was of Taylor Swift singing the song. Uh, was it was it what was the song she was singing? I can't remember. Uh, anyway, she was singing one of her songs a, a song. and. She was singing a song, uh, and someone was enjoying it from uh, from their place in the in the crowd. And an individual beside beside them started singing with 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 sort of a guttural screech that yeah. can only be described as sounding like like a constipated donkey. Just it's, like it's like, not singing; it's screaming. <laughs> no. <laughs> It is it is fully just absolutely screeching. Now I do have to say it put me in mind, I sent this on to you earlier, it put me in mind of my favorite internet video of all time, mm-hmm. which is the, the goat version of, of of trouble. And it just It really is that energy of sort of, you know, demented goat. And actually, I mean, goats are kind of satanic. So that does link us into what we're going to be talking about <laughs> with Shane Lynch. But look, we won't get there just yet. But I do think that it kind of comes back around to this notion of individuals thinking that when they pay for an experience, that theirs is the only experiences that matter. And it doesn't matter how you impact the people around you. Yeah. So someone... Someone shared the uh, shared shared that video, and I suppose online there's been lots of conversation back and forth. With some people saying like, "Oh, we're all paying toe to the concert. If we want to sing, we can sing." But most, I would say, normal people saying, "You know, keep your enjoyment confined to yourself. Yeah, don't have it knock on to other people." No, oh. exactly. I mean, and this thing of like, I'm entitled. I paid for my ticket. I love Taylor Swift. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to scream. I'm going to cry. I'm going to blah blah blah. And it's like, hang on a second, honey. If you want that, pay for a private concert. Like you are <laughs> exactly. in a public space and everyone else has paid for their ticket too and you don't get to infringe on everyone else's enjoyment um, and and the same goes for like people who record entire concerts and stand with their yeah. phone in your way like you know this is a communal experience that you you are at and if you can't you know afford to have a one-on-one then you need to behave in a way which is polite in public it's it's deranged 100% no, it, it is completely deranged. And you are absolutely right. And I think that's what people are completely losing sight of, that this is a communal experience. And I don't know, maybe someone could go off and do research about whether people have spent too much time existing within their own phone and their own universe and they don't perceive communal experiences in the same way anymore. But it is meant to be something where kind of you join up with the crowd around you. And and I'm not going to be all like, back in my day, we didn't have phones. <laughs> like, of course, you want to take a photograph with your friends. And of course, like, you're going to maybe like bump into people if you're, if you're having a bit of a bop in the crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's about just like enjoying it to the to, in a way that doesn't like actively detract from Completely. the experience of those people and that shouldn't be too difficult you don't just need to like scream like the banshees of Inishirin every time you hear a song you like yeah I mean and the thing for me about the the outside the stadium video is like the camera is set up to record like it feels like it's being performed for the internet mm-hmm. you know and that it definitely is playing a role in all of this anyway if I actually manage to get tickets to Taylor Swift which I still am hoping and praying for if anybody hears of any let me know me and Eamon <laughs> will do whatever it takes um 
if someone is screaming in my ear like that, like that will be an issue. Like I will have a problem with that. Like it's not okay. No, I, I actually don't isn't. think Irish teenagers are doing that though, because I remember reading about um, lots of people who were saying, complaining about similar behavior at the Boy Genius gigs in America. Mm-hmm. And then I did not experience any of that at yeah. the Boy Genius gig in Ireland. So I do think that we are just well superior to everyone else, I think. is We it? are. We are just <laughs> more polite and we do things better. I mean, that is just it. That it's is just the us. Focus I mean, we just can't help yeah. it. It's who we are. We we can't we can't help if we're the best boys. We no. cannot help if we're the best boys. No, it's in our genes. Um <laughs> so you mentioned there there is a story yeah. there this so, week. Wild. On the subject of 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 people speaking in tongues, worshipping false idols, goats, uh, which are famously, as I said, Saint, Saint, satanic. Uh, Shane Lynch has not been bewitched by Taylor Swift amid Satan worship claims. So I don't, Shane Lynch is out on some kind of uh, promotional bender for his brand new knockoff perfume store up in the uh, the Ballyminute Tower Centre uh, where he sells Amen shoes and Amen heaven scent inspired by perfumes. And he was speaking to a Premier Christian radio podcast. I, I don't know if, whether a Premier Christian radio podcast is the name of the podcast or whether it was a Premier Christian radio podcast name not included. There are just so, <laughs> So, so many question marks within that sentence that you just like so many things, so many things to ask about. But, you know, we don't have the time to get into the gr- no. nitty gritty so- of the details. <laughs> So he has he has he has shared that he believes that um with that the music industry is using its power to promote the devil and Taylor Swift herself is worshiping Satan and promoting satanic rituals within her her performances it, live in front of 20,000 30,000 people without them even realizing it uh, mm. so you'll see hoods you'll see masks fire ceremonies and they'll do a number of demonic rituals uh, with pentagrams on the ground so she basically is claiming that Taylor Swift has been invoking the devil invoking the devil within our concerts but we just haven't been noticing it and he thinks that the only solution to this is to get yourself to amen amen heaven sent inspired by perfumes in the Ballymena Tower Centre to get yourself something to protect yourself right and now I will say (laughs) that is could explain some of the fan behaviour (laughs) <laughs> it certainly could mm. like I sort of was thinking you know I've seen people like in this like it, it's sort of cult behavior mm. satanic cult behavior people mm-hmm. falling to the floor screaming like like being obsessed over over their idols so Shane might perhaps, have it he might have a point you know well I'm not going to say that we shouldn't be listening to Shane but I'm also <laughs> not going to be saying that we should <laughs> Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. <laughs> okay, now let's move on. And uh, we have to talk about Eurovision. Now, my plan was to not really talk about Eurovision any further on this uh, podcast yeah. because of um, the fact that Israel continued to be taking part in it. But I do think it's worth talking about what's happened this week um, because, I mean, people are really making an issue yeah. out of the fact that they're taking part, rightfully so. Yeah, so I think that like there's a couple of channels kind of coming along here at the same time. So I think that from you know the as as May has begun to to approach faster as as time passes, obviously the amount of conversation around Israel's place in Eurovision has become much louder online. I see now that there's one of those share sticker things going around and stories where people mm. are saying I'm going to be boycotting. It's becoming much more prominent. This conversation has been going on for the last number of months, where people initially were suggesting a around the time uh, of the beginning of the bombardment of, of Palestine that it should be no questions asked that if Russia was gone, Israel should be gone. The EBU have been very slow to to kind of say anything and what they have said is more or less supported Israel's right to say in and drawn some kind of like very unclear distinction between Russia's invasion of Ukraine and uh, Israel's bombardment and genocide in in, mm. in in Palestine. So now what has happened is uh, Israel has selected their their performer Eden Golan with the song October Rain, which uh, when you listen through the lyrics is very clearly sort of a I, I don't know like a kind of a song a song very uh, much about the the Hamas assault on the the, the festival on October 7th. It's called mm. October Rain, which is a very clear reference. There's a number of other references throughout the song to kind of the bravery of the Israeli soldiers and to the the kind of the fact that they're, you know, th- to their perceived persecution at the hands of this this particular aggressor. So the EBU net are now reviewing the lyrics of this song to see whether they like transgress the like non-politicization um rule which apparently is in place so you wouldn't necessarily know by the fact that they're allowed to compete at all in mm. any way uh, so back in 2009 uh, we don't want to put in the georgia song was banned for supposed anti-russian lyrics there is form for mm. not being a competitor right if lyrics are found to be overly overtly political and i do think that you would have to say if that sort of putin is is considered overtly political then october rain would have to be as well and ideally they would come to their senses and say you are not allowed to perform while you are committing a genocide against yeah. <laughs> a population in a neighboring territory. Mm. Yeah, it's it's it, it, it's it's new. I I sort of think that I cannot believe how out of step the EBU are, the Eurovision Broadcasting Union are with the people who make Eurovision what it is, the people mm. who watch Eurovision and the people who actually enjoy Eurovision. Yeah. Because I would say that the majority of people 
like it's going to that and I mean, you know, that poor girl Eden Golan, if she does eventually get to perform on the stage in 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 Sweden, it will be a horrific experience for her where she will be absolutely eviscerated with boos and shouts and screams in, in opposition to what they're doing because it'll be the first chance it'll be a visible moment where people will be able to express their dissatisfaction to a mm. to to an Israeli individual. So it, it is I don't know. I just don't understand why they haven't been kicked out already, frankly. Mm, yeah, it kind of feels like they're bending over backwards to like, you know, keep 100%. them in. And I don't understand it because, of course, you know, as you mentioned, you, one of the big issues is that they did kick Russia out when they were in conflict with Ukraine. I mean, they still are like, you know, so there's a double standard and it's just crazy. Did you hear about Iceland? Uh, yeah, so I knew that Iceland have um, have selected as part of their national selection process, which I don't think has come to a head yet. Uh, there is they have selected a Palestinian artist who will perform a Palestinian song, and I would not be at all surprised if that's the the individual that ends up being sent to Malmo by uh, by Iceland. And I think that that will very much show the rest of the community where the allegiances of the people of Europe are vis-a-vis yeah. -vis this particular situation. Yeah, um, yeah he's no. the favourite at the moment to represent Iceland. And I think it's really interesting because there it seems like there's been a big conversation in Iceland because it, uh, according to some poll, like half... The half of about half of the citizens of Iceland are against Iceland participating in Eurovision at all this time. But I think it's yeah. kind of genius to be like, okay, fine, we'll come, but we're going to be represented by a Palestinian singer and then giving, thus giving all of Europe the opportunity to uh, crown a Palestinian winner of Eurovision. I mean, it would be kind of amazing. I, I, I mean, it really would be. And the only thing is, I'm, I'm also just like so sorry that this is happening in the first year in a really long time that Ireland have put forward a phenomenal entry mm, because yeah. Bambi Thug is fantastic and the Doomsday Blue is a really interesting and different song for us to send. Mm. It's doing really well. I don't necessarily think we have a chance of winning, but certainly if Israel are performing, I'm not going to be watching. And that means yeah. it's a pity for... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for, I'm the for, same. for somebody who could do so well. I'm the same. And I think lots and lots and lots of people will be the same. I mean, most people who are on the side of the Palestinians, which is lots and lots and lots of Europeans are making that decision. And I know there's been stuff about it on Instagram this week with lots of people sharing posts saying, you know, let's boycott Eurovision this year. I think it would be great if even those of us who choose not to watch for this reason did vote uh, for Iceland, though, because if if that happens, like if if the Palestinian singer is selected, which it looks like he will be. Um, I think that would be a pretty powerful message by the people of Europe. Yeah, um, and, I, I uh, think it definitely would be. Yeah, I would like to see it if it goes ahead. I mean, ideally, they would just remove Israel from the whole thing. Like it shouldn't completely. No, completely. And it is something that, again, you kind of can't get. I mean, you're talking about this week in, week out in the news segment. Mm. We're lucky in, in the, the beautiful rainbows land of, of celebs that we don't have to go, go exactly. through this conflict all that often. But it is like it is harrowing what we are seeing happening Absolutely. in Palestine. And the fact that the sort of people who are perpetrating this are allowed to just compete in what's supposed to be like a, a like a big, exciting celebration of diversity, inclusion, of being yeah. together, of the joy of music is like her horrific and one of the things that like will be pointed to in the future as like can you believe they did that yeah can you believe they let them come to the party even yeah. though this is what they were doing i mean yeah i mean also israel is not in europe <laughs> hey no because if you Don't say that then you have here. to kick out of you have to you have to kick out Australia too. I would then. kick out don't. Australia. They don't even go here. <laughs> what are they doing here in okay, the first you know, place? Fair 
Get, get out. Take the Azerbaijanis with you. Oh. See, but they're at least beside us. Like, anyway, that is true. Look, that's a, that's another conversation for another day. Um, Graham Norton had a big announcement this week. He is no longer going to be presenting his radio show. Yeah, I mean, this is this is more kind of just like a, a I suppose more of a footnote than a story because like he out of nowhere seemingly just announced uh, last week that he was going to be uh, he announced on social media that he was going to be um, leaving his weekend show on BBC that had been going on like it's or on Virgin Media which like has really which is like an institution of radio in, in in many ways like i have been listening to that show for i must be decades now him and maria have been like a constant companion to me listening to the weird stories that they got sent in from the different uh from the different families but i think he's just decided he wants his weekends back uh, and between uh his his massive massive talk show hosting duties on 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 drag race uk and his newly announced gig at hosting the wheel of fortune i think he probably is just like look i've got enough going on yeah and he's also churning out the books do you know what i mean if I Absolutely. was him, I would 100% be packing that in. Like, yeah. you don't need to have a million different jobs, Graham. Not not no. ever, but especially not when you're absolutely loaded and in this season of no. your life. Hustle, hustle culture is uh, is not for is not for for billionaires and millionaires. Yeah. The Kardashians may make you think it is, but it's not. But it is it is I suppose like something that he is so good on. He has kept so many people, much like yourself, Louise, oh. had kept so many people company on the cold weekend mornings, and mm. it'll be such a sorry uh, such a sorry loss for 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 those people who are out and about and are used to having him keeping them company as they're as they're going about their business. And Ryan Tuberty has lost an Irish uh, compadre at the. Radio station oh god well, look maybe that's it maybe you know what it was actually Graham Norton was like he was quaking in his boots when Tubbs arrived he was like <laughs> oh my god they are gonna they are gonna see what it is to be a real <laughs> Irish host of a radio show I'm getting out of Dodge before the P45 finds gotta be me. it gotta be it gotta be um okay before we finish up i wanted to talk about wendy williams now i i feel like not everybody knows lots of people will be familiar with wendy williams from like memes but i think beyond that a lot of irish people won't necessarily be very familiar with who she is so a little lowdown on wendy williams to begin with yeah so yeah so you're absolutely right that most people will be familiar with her through like memeable moments or kind of snappy one-liners she's got a point she's an icon she's a legend she is the moment now come on now yeah which actually wasn't about peppa pig it was about lil kim um but (laughs) so television host talk show icon kind of has been very much like a, a major presence in um in kind of like celeb uh, like quite candid celeb journalism over the last sort of 20 years so had her own show for i think near near enough or just over over a, a decade um and in 2020 that show came to a rather abrupt end mm. uh, or her pre- presenting of the show came to a rather abrupt end and then for for a further like year and a half or so it was presented by like a rotation of celeb guests before it was eventually cancelled and I suppose there has been rumblings and, and conversations going on in the background for a while that Wendy herself maybe isn't it wasn't entirely well mm. she has had a history of, of drug and alcohol abuse and had like a very sort of hard um, past around sort of like broken relationships with, with ex-husbands and that so it, it was revealed last week uh, that she's been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia which is a, a really rare disease that affects the part of your brain that controls uh, kind of behavior and language and I think as well as that has an autoimmune disease and so 
this has come to, I suppose some people are seeing this as an explanation as to why her behavior had become like a little bit more erratic. Mm. Um, but the documentary that comes out really goes more into this guardianship that she has found herself in, her alcoholism and her family's exclusion from her care. Mm. And it just paints a very sad picture of someone who was such a vivacious and switched on and bright individual and kind of really I suppose speaks to the the damaging consequences of alcoholism and, and mm. also just the need to be able to allow public figures have some privacy sometimes yeah, yeah it's it is really sad and um, because they you know they have suggested that the dementia is linked to her alcoholism that it is al- alcohol yeah. induced which is just so sad like I mean Wendy is a Marmite type character like you love her or you hate 100%. her she has certainly been very offensive in her time <laughs> like even before mm-hmm. the dementia um, but she is a, an incredibly smart woman and, and a black woman who carved out her own kind of kingdom within the media landscape yeah. in America which is not an easy thing to do um, and it is really sad that it's gone this way um, and tricky even like there's even I feel like a question mark around why is there a documentary like why are even why are we talking about her like are we feeding into it all by talking about it but um I think in a way people needed an explanation for why she has had to kind of disappear as it were and maybe this will lead to people you know being more respectful and and I do think as well because in like I I haven't watched the the, it's a four-part documentary I think um on on Lifetime I haven't watched any but I've seen a couple of clips come through on 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 social media and obviously they were the more the most kind of shocking of them but I do think it draws some attention again to that, that kind of guardianship conservatorship arrangement that can exist for people who maybe you know are very vulnerable Mm. and around kind of like how how the people who are entrusted with that care are allowed to behave and act because there has been I suppose accusations made by Wendy's family that the the individuals who are responsible for the guardianship are kind of taking advantage of her are spending her money are Mm. not perhaps being fully kind of transparent about how they're doing it Mm. that maybe her publicists and other people as part of her management team have been pushing her to continue doing media relations and media and bits of work and actually tried to encourage her to restart her her tv show when she really clearly isn't in a place where that's what she needs to be doing yeah um and so i think it's just it, it, it just is kind of a lesson in having the wrong people around you. Mm. Mm. Well, you know, I, I wish nothing but peace for Wendy. Um, it is such a tricky situation. It's She is a tricky person and she's having mm-hmm. a tricky time. Um, but I just think, yeah, God, it just seems more and more like living in that kind of world of celebrity can be so profoundly toxic. Um yeah i i also wondered i suppose like if part of this if she kind of built a permission stricter the permission structure for this sort of voyeurism by the Mm. fact that her career was always so sort of like open with sort of you know she would stick her nose into other people's business and she would be very upfront about kind of like being incredibly judgmental towards people who are going through incredibly hard times so has she sort not this isn't like a victim blamey thing but like has that kind of created this structure in place where she now kind of finds herself almost like that turned back on her yeah uh, people would be like she's been dishing it out for years and now it's her time to take it but like yeah exactly you know it it, it, I don't think it was good when she was dishing it out either no no okay well James my friend I I, you have done a wonderful job of summarizing everything that's gone on this week in the world of celebs (laughs) where can the people find you you, James 
Listen, the people can find me knocking about Dublin, but uh, more importantly, they can find me on Instagram at jameso underscore Hagen. Or if you really are wowed by uh, by by my uh, my candor, you can come over <laughs> and listen to myself and Podrick Wilson McCarthy uh, and our show Curiosity on Dublin City FM or anywhere you get your podcast. As the saying goes, yeah, I highly, always a joy to have. Highly, always a joy highly recommend to, it. To, um, Always a joy to 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 uh, to to hear as well from people who have enjoyed hearing me here. I have run into so many people. I have to say this, Louise. I have run into so many people through my work who have like recognised my voice from from being here, Aww. and they are always the soundest people. Yeah, like without uh, without a shadow of a doubt, they are always the loveliest people. Yes. Oh. I'm telling you, my people are the best people. Like they I, are. It's, they I are. say it I all the time. They are the best best people. We've got such a gorgeous <laughs> community here, and I love each and every person who listens and that includes you my friend so thank you so much for your contribution this week James will be back of course in due course and uh, I hope you have a great one bye James Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.